Hello and welcome to the Travels with Jim Hamill podcast. This is episode 13 on the Eiffel Tower. And to me, one of the most interesting things about the Eiffel Tower is that it was once sold by a con man to somebody else for scrap metal. And that seems completely insane to us, and it doesn't make any sense how that could happen, but it did. The guy's name was Victor Lustig. That was the guy that sold it. And he did this in 1925. To understand how this could possibly happen, it would probably help to understand how the Eiffel Tower came into being and where it was at this point in 1925. The Eiffel Tower was built for the Paris World's Fair in 1889. It actually took them about two years to build, so it was started in 1887 and done in 1889. This tower was built for no reason other than to say, we're the French, we're great, we can build really tall things, so look at our big tower at this World's Fair. That literally was it. There was no reason for it whatsoever other than to have this big, grandiose structure that people saw when they came to the World's Fair. It was actually only intended to be up for about 20 years. It was temporary. And it was only later that they discovered it could be used as a radio antenna or put radio antennas on the top of it that they decided to actually keep it up and keep using it. So that's why it stayed up long after its original intended life. Anyway, in the 1920s, this tower has been up longer than its intended lifespan. At this point, what, 1925, so we're looking at about 36 years, so almost double its intended lifespan. It is being used by this point for radio antennas, but certainly there's easier ways to have radio antennas, and it was difficult and expensive to maintain. And this guy, Victor Lustig, gets wind of that and then comes up with this plan to sell it to local scrap dealers for the metal. And he does. And he calls a bunch of these local scrap dealers or dealers in scrap metal. And he has a meeting with them and he explains that he works for the French government and that they have decided to quietly get rid of the Eiffel Tower. They know it'll cause an uproar, so they want to do this very quietly, and there won't be any press, and so if they don't hear anything about it, that's why, but that they should submit their bids to him, which I think several of them did, but in the meantime, what he did was he identified the guy that he thought would be the easy mark, and so he goes to this guy and says, hey, look, you know, if you want this deal, you need to uh, pay me, you know, basically a bribe. And the guy does. So he pays this big exorbitant bribe to this Victor Lustig guy. And then Victor Lustig flees the country, goes to Austria with his newfound gains. Now, the thing about this guy, the con man, Victor Lustig, was that he was kind of like the Houdini of con men, if I'm reading about this right. He did all these big cons. And that was just sort of his life. So what's really interesting about it is that this guy that's been had, the local scrap dealer that paid the big bribe, he's too embarrassed to tell anyone that he got conned into buying the Eiffel Tower for scrap metal. So he tells no one. Victor Lustig is in Austria watching the French papers for any sign of this, of this con, and he never sees it. And the reason being that the guy he conned never told anyone. So Victor Lustig decides to come do it again. He comes back to Paris and goes through the same routine again. But this time someone turns, turns him in and he's forced to flee the country. So too bad for him, but an interesting story nonetheless. The reason I'm telling you this is that if you do decide to buy the Eiffel Tower while you're in Paris, 
that you need to be careful. You need to do your due diligence and make sure it's on the up and up and it's not some con man. Make sure it's actually a legitimate French government proposal to sell you the Eiffel Tower. And then once you're satisfied with that, you can tear it down and, and use it however you want. But, you know, while we're in Paris, you may as well go visit the tower, go up in it, and check out the good views of it while you're doing your negotiations and paperwork for the purchase. So that's what we'll talk about now is how you might go about that. And the first thing everybody wants to know is about going up in the Eiffel Tower. And we're going to do that for sure. But I'm telling you right now, we're going to do it just so that you can say you did it. You're going to experience something in photography, which is that a good view does not necessarily a good picture make. And nowhere is that more true, in my opinion, than the Eiffel Tower. The reason being that the Eiffel Tower is not in your picture, first of all. And there's actually another famous story about that. There's a guy named Guy du Maupassant, and I'm sure I said that horribly wrong. But he was a famous French writer at the time that the Eiffel Tower went up. And, you know, it wasn't universal that putting up this Eiffel Tower was going to be a good idea. And it makes sense. I mean, you have this city of big stone monuments like Notre Dame and other big stone churches and big stone palaces like the Louvre and other ones. And now we're going to take this thousand foot iron structure and put it up in Paris. How does that fit in? How does that make any sense at all? And that was what these guys were saying at the time. And there was a lot of opposition to putting up the tower in the first place. One of those guys was this Guy du Maupassant. And he is actually part of a committee that opposes this thing and was very vocal about it. Like I said, he was a famous writer at the time. So after this thing goes up, he actually goes and eats lunch there every day. There's restaurants both at the first level and second level of the Eiffel Tower, or Le Tour Eiffel, as the French say it. And so he goes and eats lunch there every day. And eventually somebody says to him, you know, look, you're so against this tower and it being built. And you say it's this ugly monstrosity. Why do you come here every day and eat lunch? And he famously says, well, because it's the only place in Paris where you can't see it. And that's kind of funny. But it's also pertinent for us because if you're going up in the Eiffel Tower to take pictures, you're probably going to be disappointed. I mean, it's an interesting view and it's worth going up, but don't expect to get great pictures. There are no monuments nearby and nothing where I've seen, frankly, any interesting pictures. Certainly, I've not taken any myself and the ones I've seen haven't been all that interesting to me either. But maybe you'll be the first. Who knows? Anyway, this is one of those deals where, I mean, you have to go up in the Eiffel Tower. If nothing else, just to avoid when you tell people or when they ask you, did you go up in the Eiffel Tower? And you go, no. And they go, what? What? And, you know, you have to go through that whole exchange. So if nothing else, to avoid that. But even though it's not a great place to take pictures, it is interesting. You're really high if you go all the way to the top, too. So we'll talk about going up in it and the logistics of that. And then also some other interesting parts of it too. I think probably the best part of it is the views you get from various parts around Paris. And I put some research into that and figured out some great places to go and some good ways to experience the Eiffel Tower overall. So we'll talk about that real quick. First, let's cover the logistics. It's a thousand feet tall and it consists of three levels. There's a first level that's a few hundred feet up, another level, the second level that's also a few hundred feet above that. And then the, the top level, which is way up all the way, 
uh, near the top. You can go to just some levels or all three, and it just depends on the ticket you get. So let's talk about that. First, you need to get your tickets early if you're going to get them online, and you should get them online. The crowds at the Eiffel Tower are legendary. You'll have to wait a long time if you just come walking up. That's particularly true in the summer, especially in the afternoon, and you want to avoid that. It's sort of tricky to get your tickets online, though, because they don't sell them that far in advance. I mean, you can't just get them a year in advance or even six months in advance. So you have to sort of wait until they come online, and then you have to snatch them real fast. Once you do, they have different types of tickets. They have some that just go to the second level, and then they have some that go all the way to the top. And that might seem weird to you, like, oh, of course I want to go all the way to the top. But the second view, second story is actually, or the second level, is actually the best view. It has a lot of shops, it has restaurants and things like that. So it's, it's worthwhile and worth going to just there. The top is just kind of a novelty. I mean, everything just looks tiny like Google Earth, but it is interesting and it's neat to be up that high. But it's not necessary to sort of experience it, I think. So that's why they have the two levels of tickets. They also have different types depending on whether you want to walk up or take the elevator up. Now that just refers to the second level. You can't walk up to the top. That would be a rather long walk to begin with, but you can't do it anyway. You can walk up to the second level. The lines are a lot shorter for doing that, and so it's something you might want to consider. I know a lot of people just sort of dismiss that out of hand as if, you know, walking up some stairs is the, the most horrible thing in the world, but it's not. It's definitely doable, and, you know, you get the heart pumping a little bit too, so it's kind of cool. So that's something I think you might consider. What we're doing for our tour and for any tours I take there is getting the full ticket all the way to the top via elevator. I should mention that even if you buy an elevator ticket, you can still walk. That might not be such a big thing going up because I think most people are really going to want to take the elevator. But even once you're in or on the Eiffel Tower, you can still experience lines at the elevators. And so when you're coming down from the second story or the first story or wherever you are, you may want to consider taking the stairs if there's a big line for the elevator. So that might be one way to avoid lines and experience the stairs without exerting too much effort. So anyway, uh, a few other questions you might have are when is this thing open? And it's open from 9.30 in the morning until midnight. You may wonder then, well, what's the best time to go? And, you know, with any kind of place that involves a view, I like to go there around sunset with the idea being that I can take sunset pictures and then sort of hang around a bit and then take some night pictures. And so you might want to do that. Although, like I said, I just don't consider the view from the Eiffel Tower to be all that great. So I don't think that's something you really need to invest a lot of time in or make a priority. Frankly, I think you're better off going somewhere with a view of the Eiffel Tower around sunset and at night if you're interested in photographs. Other questions might involve getting there and getting in. Getting there is pretty easy. It's in the seventh arrondissement. It's right on the Seine. It is basically right at the northern end of a big park called the Champ de Mars. And we'll talk more about that in a second. And then the Eiffel Tower is right along the Seine River there. And across the river is a place called Trocadero. There's metro stops in the area, so that's a viable option for getting there. 
Obviously, Uber is good too. Uh, I will say it's probably not a place you're gonna wanna walk to if you're starting from the center of Paris. It's just a little bit away from things like Notre Dame, the Louvre, and stuff like that. In terms of getting in and getting out, they have the area sort of, I'm gonna say roped off, that's not right. It's actually these big panels they have up around the base and you have to clear security to go in. Once you are in, like I said, there's gift shops, there's restaurants and that sort of thing. There's all types of restaurants. There's basically just counter service type places and there's also a really nice restaurant called the Jules Verne on the second level. I've actually never eaten there. It is really crazy expensive. So it's just never seemed worth it to me. Although I'm told they have redone it recently and it's pretty nice. So you might check that out as a splurge, but it's not something I've actually done. Anyway, once you're in the Eiffel Tower and assuming you take the elevators up, what they're going to do is put you on an elevator to the top first and then you're going to work your way from top to bottom. And so, you'll, like I said, you'll go all the way to the top. You can just check out that view. I frankly wouldn't spend a ton of time there. And then from there, take the elevator down to the second level and check that out. And then you can also go to the first level if you want. So that is the logistics of going up in the Eiffel Tower. But like I said, I think the most interesting part of the Eiffel Tower isn't going up in it, but rather it's places where you can view it within Paris. Now there's two places right away that I want to talk about. And these are obvious places, but they're still cool. One is the Champ de Mars that I mentioned earlier. The Eiffel Tower is set in this park and the Champ de Mars runs to the southeast of the tower and it's a cool place to hang out. In fact, one of our favorite things that we do, and we do this almost every trip to Paris, is go to a place called Rue Claire, which is not far away, and it's a famous street because there's a bunch of cheese shops and wine places and other places where you can buy fruit and, and all sorts of stuff like that and then bring it to the Champ de Mars and hang out on a blanket or whatever and then it's really cool because you have the Eiffel Tower right there. So a lot of fun. Also there's guys walking around trying to sell you beer and champagne and stuff like that. So if you want you can pick some of those up too. So that's a fun way to sort of experience the Eiffel Tower and you can combine that with your visit up to the top. Another thing you might want to do is go across the river. Across there is a place called Trocadero. And it's this big plaza. You've probably seen pictures of it. And it overlooks the Eiffel Tower. As I record this, it's under construction a bit. Last time I was there, there were big sort of temporary construction walls up. So it kind of messed up some pictures. But it is a really cool place normally. And hopefully it's not too bad when we're there this year. It's a great place for sunset pictures. It's a great place to take pictures of your friends and family and, and you and your spouse and stuff like that with the Eiffel Tower in the background. So that'll be a place we go after checking out the Eiffel Tower. And it's something you might want to do too. It's a great sunset and sunrise place as well. So now let's switch gears and talk about a few other places that really aren't as well known and won't be as obvious to you. And for this, we actually owe a little bit of a debt of gratitude to Instagrammers. Because what does an Instagrammer love more than taking their own picture in front of a big monument? And the answer is nothing. And before my last visit to Paris, I actually did some research and looked up all the places I could find to do that and then went to them. And in fact, if you go to my website, you'll see an article called something like the best places to photograph the Eiffel Tower 
And that was where I went to all the places and, and tried them out, taking pictures of it. And I have the pictures in the articles so you can see them. I also took my daughters with me on different occasions and took pictures of them so you could see how these places look, not just as a bare picture of the Eiffel Tower, but also as a picture of someone with the Eiffel Tower in the background. So check that out. But I did, like I said, get most of these ideas from Instagrammers. And remember that when you learn to hate them in Paris, and you will, because they will be in your way quite frequently. They love to get in front of monuments and be in places where they ruin your picture taking pictures of themselves. So like I said, remember this little gift they gave us and then uh, maybe you won't hate them so much. The first place that I wanna point you to is a place called Rue de la University. And it's right by the Champ de Mars. It's actually just a little street. And what's cool about it is that there's two buildings across the street from each other, very French looking. And when you stand in the middle of the street, the Eiffel Tower is right in the middle of the gap between the two buildings. And so it lines up as a pretty cool picture. What's cool about it too is that the street has been blocked off. I guess a lot of people take their pictures here and that way you don't need to worry about traffic or anything like that. Another cool thing about it is that the picture looks best or most pictures taken here look best when you sort of aim high with these buildings and the uh, Eiffel Tower in them. And you really don't need the ground as a big part of your picture. And that's nice because usually there's people here, sometimes a lot, sometimes a few, but if you were trying to get the ground in your shot, then you'd probably have people in your picture and you wouldn't like that. So that's the first place. And like I said, it's right next to the Champ de Mars and we will go there as part of my tour. But if not, check that out when you're in the Champ de Mars. There is another place nearby and it's really the same kind of deal, although it's not blocked off. It's called Square Wrap, and that's the name of the street. It's just a tiny little street that you go down, and it's only maybe 100 yards long. If you go to the end of the street and then look back towards the mouth of the street, you'll see the Eiffel Tower, and you can get a pretty cool shot there as well. So that's another cool one near the Champ de Mars that you can get to pretty easily, and I would check that out. There's one more really cool spot, and this one is on the other side of the Seine. So if you're in Trocadero or something like that, it might be a place where you want to scoot over to. It's actually not the easiest place to get to. You'll need to walk probably from Trocadero, and there's some uphill involved, but it's, it's worth it. It's called the Avenue de, and I'm not even going to try to say this, it's C-A-M-O-E-N-S. Uh, if it was in English, it would be like Camoans or Camoans, uh, but I have no idea how you say that in French. It's just, just a street, so punch that into your map on your phone and you'll find it. It's a very short street. When you get to it, you'll be able to just look right down and you'll see the Eiffel Tower immediately. There's a sort of decorative concrete wall with balustrades on it at the end, and that makes a cool foreground for the shot. And then there's some cool French buildings on either side and even in the background with the Eiffel Tower. So it sets up for a pretty cool shot. It's really famous for the Instagrammers because it does present itself well as a place to take pictures of people because you still have all these buildings and the Eiffel Tower right there, but it's also a cool shot just on its own, just as an overall scene. So check that out when you're on the north or west side of the scent. 
Other than that, I want to tell you about two places you might want to go that have cool views of the Eiffel Tower that are places to eat. One is a cafe. It's called the Le Recruitment Cafe. It's more of a relaxed thing. And it's not up high or anything like that. It's just a street level place. But it's on a street called the Rue Saint-Dominique that the whole street, not the whole street, but several places on the street have cool views of the Eiffel Tower. And this particular cafe is really cool because if you go across the street and look back at the cafe, you can get a really cool shot with the cafe there in the foreground or as sort of the main part of the picture and then the Eiffel Tower in the background. And what's really cool is if you have your people, whether they're your friends or your spouse or whatever, in the shot, either sitting at the cafe or standing next to it or whatever. So it sets itself up as a really cool shot and it's also a cafe so you can get something to eat. There's another place that's remarkably different and it's called Lace Ombres, L-E-S. O-M-B-R-E-S. And this is more of a fancy restaurant. You'll need to dress up for it and it's quite expensive, but it's on top of a museum called the Musée de Quai Branly, B-R-A-N-L-Y. It has big windows so you can take pictures of yourselves and your family in this really nice restaurant with the Eiffel Tower in the background. And there's also a little place where you can go outside. Uh, it's up high, it's on like the fourth or fifth story of this building. And so you can go outside and there's a nice overlook that includes the Eiffel Tower. So that's another cool place if you are going out to dinner and you want to go to someplace nicer and have this extra element of views of the Eiffel Tower as well. So those are my favorite places to check out the Eiffel Tower. As I mentioned, I have that article that has pictures of these views. And so you should definitely check that out. As I was talking here, I looked it up. It's called the best views of the Eiffel Tower. And like I said, it's on my website. So check it out. One thing I did want to talk about before we go though, is viewing the Eiffel Tower at night because it's really cool because they added lights to the Eiffel Tower. So it really stands out at night. Not only that, but every hour on the hour, they do this little five minute display where the lights twinkle and sparkle and all that. So it's kind of neat to see. And yes, by the way, you can photograph it. One of the things I get asked about from time to time is about whether it's legal to photograph the Eiffel Tower at night. And this is just something that it's sort of been going around the internet for a long time that it's illegal to photograph the Eiffel Tower at night because the lights are patented or trademarked or whatever. The sort of theory or what gets said is that under European law, and this is true, that you get protection for whatever you create as an artist for 70 years. The Eiffel Tower is more than 70 years old, so there's no protection offered there. You're free to photograph it at will but the lights are less than 70 years old. They were actually added in the 80s, so you can't photograph them. Or if even if you can photograph them, you can't do anything with the pictures. I'm looking right now, in fact, at an article in Travel and Leisure magazine about this, and it says, here, under European law, copyright law, people cannot sell photographs of copyrighted works, upload them to stock photo websites, publish them in magazines, or post them to social media. And you know, it sounds really bad. And it goes on to talk about how it's illegal and maybe you can take them, but you, you could get in trouble if you post them. And what I'd just like to tell you is that 
You don't need to worry about this. There have been literally millions and millions and millions of pictures taken of the Eiffel Tower at night. If you run a quick search, just type in Eiffel Tower at night into Google and then look at the images that pop up and you will see hundreds if not thousands. The fact is that no person has ever been prosecuted for this. Nobody's ever got a cease and desist letter. Nothing has ever happened to anybody. You just don't need to worry about this. This is just one of those things that people talk about, I don't know why, just to make themselves seem smart for some reason. But anyway, it's not something you need to worry about. You're free to photograph the Eiffel Tower at night. All you want and nothing will happen. Anyway, with that, I think we've covered everything you need to know and some things you don't need to know in order to make your visit to the Eiffel Tower and the surrounding area fruitful. So I hope you found this useful and I hope this adds something to your trip. I will be back with another one pretty soon. See you later.